Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm the host here on these podcasts. Uh, I have to begin with an apology this week. I had planned to record a little feature uh, to include in this podcast uh, but I haven't been able to do that uh, in time so I'm still hoping to record it because I think it's something quite interesting and we'll hopefully have it on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Uh, But for today, that means you just get me. But I'm quite excited about this because this is um, a week where I feel like I have quite a lot of things to say. So I do apologise if it all just sounds like me getting a bit ranty, but I hope it will be uh, encouraging and thought provoking uh, to you as well. I'm going to be thinking about Advent. Well, Advent stroke Christmas. So this podcast is going out on the last Monday of November. It's going to be Advent Sunday this coming week and we are then into a season which this year is quite a short Advent. It's just over three weeks because Christmas Day is on a Monday. Of course Advent calendars don't really uh, follow Advent. I really feel we should call them sort of December countdown calendars or something like that because they always begin on December the 1st and end, of course, on December the 24th. I don't know if you've noticed the evolution of Advent calendars in recent years. When I was a child, an Advent calendar was basically a flat sheet of cardboard with little doors cut in it that you opened and you saw a picture of a ball or a candy cane. And that was you know, the height of excitement in the late 1970s, I assure you. Occasionally, you'd have an advent calendar that was related more to the nativity story. And so the pictures might be of stars or angels or camels. I mean, I think they were struggling to find 24 different things related to the nativity story, but they tried. And sometimes even you would get 25 pictures And if you did, the 25th one would usually be a bigger door or a double door. And you'd always know that behind it was going to be a picture of the baby Jesus lying in a manger. So there wasn't a lot of suspense, it has to be said, but there was a sense of we are building towards something. And it was very clear that the advent calendar was a counting down mechanism. It wasn't the thing in itself that you were looking forward to. It was the start of counting down to the thing that you were looking forward to. And the advent calendar started to shift, didn't it? So then by about the mid 80s, it was de rigueur to have an advent calendar where you also got a chocolate, not a very nice chocolate usually, but a chocolate to go with your picture. And since then, they've developed gradually. So there are all sorts of quite exciting advent calendars where you've got a bit of Lego or a bit of Playmobil, I believe, all sorts of things. And then suddenly this year, I think the rise of the adult advent calendar has hit us. I mean, they have been around a little bit, but suddenly this year they are everywhere and they are super expensive and luxurious you can get advent calendars with a different little bottle of gin every day or facebook seems to think i would be interested in one that gives me a bottle of craft beer every day i i really don't drink beer 
Um, I uh, have come across advent calendars. Uh, the most expensive one I've seen. So the second most expensive one I've seen is for old and rare whiskies. And that one came in at £995. But you can get one where you get a different, very old and very rare whisky. And that one comes in at £9,995. I mean, that's extraordinary, is it? That's not something where you're counting down to the main event. That surely is the main event. If you're getting a £10,000 advent calendar with a super rare and old whiskey to try every day. Um, you may have heard this uh, something of a controversy over something called the 12 Days of Christmas advent calendar this is produced by someone called zoella zoella if you don't know her is a youtuber that is uh, she makes videos on youtube and has been doing this for a number of years and and she is something of a celebrity amongst people of a certain age and so she has now started selling a product line with her name on it and this year in conjunction with boots she has been selling a 50 pound 12 days of Christmas advent calendar so you don't get a door every day in advent or even every day in December you get 12 doors to open and in each one of them there is a product and um, this she's been selling for 50 pounds it's described on the Boots website like this live the life you love with the Zoella collection of home and lifestyle products designed just for you Introducing the ultimate Christmas calendar from Zoella Lifestyle. This individually designed collection will brighten and accessorise your home and life. Discover 12 amazing and exclusive treats from beautifully scented candles to stunning accessories, stationery, baking goodies and other special surprises. The controversy has really been around the fact that this individually designed collection really isn't that great. Those amazing and exclusive treats really aren't very amazing. And the sort of estimated value of the 12 products you get is less than £20, for which you, are you were supposed to fork out £50. The controversy has been so great, in fact, that Boots have reduced the price and you can now buy this 12 Days of Christmas Advent Calendar in time for whatever date you feel would be the right date to start opening that on uh, for just £25. But what's really striking to me about these uh, adult advent calendars, they're no longer about anticipation, are they? They're not about counting down until the main event. They are about immediate gratification. They are about getting the presents now, whether that's your super rare and old whiskey or your pretty naff and tacky Zoella Christmas cookie cutter. The point is you're getting a present every day or maybe every other day depending how cheap your advent calendar is. But I think we oughtn't to be surprised by that. I, I do think that is a, a new phenomenon, certainly in the last couple of years, and the sort of 12 days of Christmas advent calendar, which is just bonkers, uh, seems to be quite a new thing this year. But I don't think we should be that surprised by it. It's really just another symptom of the way that Christmas has slowly but surely taken over the time which used to be, I would say ought to be, and is in the church's calendar, Advent. You may have seen there's a meme on the internet which is a flowchart for deciding whether it's Christmas or not. And it just asks one question, is it November? And if the answer is yes, it's not Christmas. 
which is certainly true. November is not Christmas. But the implication is that as soon as we hit December the 1st, then it's Christmas. Then it's free for all. That's when you can put your tree up. You can pull out your Christmas jumper. You can start sending your Christmas cards and you can serve mince pies at every possible opportunity. My inner Scrooge, which is pretty much the same as my outer Scrooge, I have to admit, I'm, I, I don't really hide my hatred for this, really hates it. Secular Christmas is something that fills me with absolute horror and dread. I just, I can't bear it. From about mid-November through to the end of December, I just want to hide from it. And I've been reflecting on that. One of the reasons, I think, is that I never feel more like an alien and a stranger in this world than I do in December. Everything about it just makes me shudder and actually maybe that's not a bad thing to have that annual reminder that really this isn't home and really these aren't the ways that I want to live my life now and it's not what I'm looking forward to in the future and that prompts me to think actually about what Advent is really like and so in one way although I hate all the secular Christmas stuff this is also my favourite time of year because although I, I can't bear secular Christmas I do love Advent I love that although the calendar year ends with December the church's year begins with Advent we begin our year by reminding ourselves that the Christian life is one of waiting anticipation looking forward to something far better than our current lives and that's because in Advent we aren't looking back to the first coming of Christ, as we are at Christmas. We are looking forward to the second coming of Christ. We're looking forward to a feast that will outstrip any Christmas dinner, the party that will make your wildest imagination of a party look tame. We're looking forward to a wedding that will be more extravagantly beautiful than Kate Middleton's. We're looking forward to a new kingdom ushered in, by our shepherd, king, bridegroom, lamb. And so rightly, we celebrate Christmas at the the end of Advent. We do want to remember that most extraordinary, history-defining miracle of God come to earth, taking on human flesh in the form of a baby, laid in a manger, worshipped by the shepherds. But I think if we've done Advent right, we won't just be celebrating what God did 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, will also be celebrating in anticipation of the great feast of rich meats and fine wines that will be the marriage supper of the Lamb. And yes, we'll remember his coming in humble circumstances, but we'll look forward to his coming in glory. We won't be sentimental about a small baby. We'll be awestruck by his majesty and power. So I want to say, let's not give in to the creeping spread of Christmas. Let's reclaim Advent. Let's show the world that actually we are different from them, that secular Christmas is nothing to do with true Christmas. And that maybe, just maybe, things are better when you learn to wait for them. 
So I have some thoughts about how we might do that uh, for us as individuals, uh, for us as churches and in our families. But first, because Advent has all the best hymns, and one thing you miss out if you rush straight to singing Christmas carols is singing some of the greatest Christian hymns that there are in Advent, we're going to stop and listen to one of my favourites. So how can we go about reclaiming Advent? Well, if you're a church leader, it may well be too late to do much about it this year. Your plans have probably been inked in your diaries for months and months and months. But here's some things you might want to think about as you plan for next year. Firstly, what are you preaching on in Advent? Are you preaching about the first coming of Christ or the second? I think Advent would be a great time to preach on the book of Revelation and By that, I don't just mean the letters to the churches. Maybe you want to preach about some of the Old Testament prophecies about the day of judgment and the day of salvation. Prophecies about the coming kingdom or the new creation, the ingathering of the nations, the glorious hope that we have to look forward to. Or my favourite suggestion, of course, why not preach on the Song of Songs in Advent, the book which more than any other expresses the yearning and the longing and the anticipation that Advent is all about as we look forward to the arrival of our bridegroom coming to take us home and never ever let us go again. So think about what you're going to preach in Advent. The second, think about how your services, your Sunday services in Advent can help to build that sense of anticipation and longing. Traditionally, we do that, don't we, by lighting Advent candles, one each week until we get to the last one on Christmas morning. And the different heights of the candles show us how long we've been waiting. Um, But there are other things you could think about. What about in your Sunday school? Maybe you could be putting together a puzzle or colouring parts of a picture. Colouring by numbers would be a brilliant way to do this so that it's not revealed until the final week. Maybe you could tell a story in four parts with a little cliffhanger at the end of each one so that we're waiting each week to hear the next instalment. Think about when you're decorating your church for Christmas. Maybe you leave it, maybe you could leave it right until the end of Advent so that we've got something exciting to look forward to as we come in on that last Sunday or even on Christmas morning. Or maybe if you don't want to do that, you could think about decorating in stages throughout Advent so that each week there's something new to see. Maybe you get your tree at the beginning of December 
but the next week you start to think about hanging some baubles on it and the next week you put the tinsel on it and on the fourth Sunday of Advent you put the lights on it. Think about how you can be building a sense of anticipation and looking forward during Advent. Third, are you singing Advent hymns in Advent? I mentioned this already, but I'm going to say it again. Advent hymns are the best. Why would you rush on to Christmas carols? Let us sing our feelings of hope and expectation and longing to the Lord each week. And fourth, maybe just have a look at your diary for December. What have you got on in Advent that really ought to be in Christmas? There are some things you won't be able to do much about, I guess. If you've got a school carol service, for example, that'll end up being in the last week of term, no matter what you want to do. But there may be some things you have more control over that would be better left until after the 25th of December, or at least moved closer to the 25th. So this year, for example, Christmas Eve is on the 24th, which seems to me the ideal day to have your main carol service. But in fact, all the churches I know are having theirs on the 17th. I'm a bit sad about that, to be honest. I think it would be quite special to go to carol service on Christmas Eve. Make that the beginning of your Christmas celebration. But I really would urge you to stop and think about how your church could be better at teaching us to wait for Christ and how you could reclaim the season of Advent to do just that. Secondly, Advent is one of my favourite times of year in my own personal devotional life. During Advent, I like to set aside slightly longer periods of time each day than I normally do for reading God's word, for meditating on it, for praying. Uh, Sometimes I do Advent knitting projects, which make certain that I sit down for a good period of time while I do the knitting. And while I'm doing that, I'll be reading God's word and reflecting on it. Knitting may not be your way of celebrating Advent, and that's fine. But I think it's really important to spend time meditating on Christ's return. I think something I'm conscious I don't always think about enough. And I guess that may be true for many of us. But for me, it's also a way of saying to the world, you know, I don't have to be quite as crazily busy in December as you think. I don't have to be so busy that I don't have time for God. And I'm going to show you that by actually making more time for God than I normally do. A few years ago, I put together a list of Bible readings for every day in Advent, and I've just updated them so that they fit the dates for this year. I'll link to that on the website if you think that's something you might want to do. They're readings which focus us on Christ's return rather than Christ's first coming. I think there's other ways that we can make Advent more about the waiting than the getting. And I think also the more that we can do that, the more special that makes Christmas feel as well. I don't know if you've noticed it, but so often these days people are bored of Christmas by the end of the 25th. Some people are taking down their decorations on Boxing Day. I think that's so sad. Certainly my memories of Christmas as a child are that, and maybe it didn't go on for 12 days, but it certainly went on for several days. We'd have family meals on Boxing Day. We'd maybe go around to friends on another day. There would be treats and special things for you know for days after the after the 25th but then we hadn't been eating mince pies for a month by the time we got there 
if you put up your Christmas tree on December the 1st, no wonder you're tired of it by the 25th. It's probably been, if you've got a real one, it's probably already ruined your carpet. So here's what you could do to help you mark Advent and enjoy Christmas more. Save everything until Christmas. Save all the special food. Yes, you can start stockpiling and maybe you want to start cooking and that's a great way of increasing the anticipation is as your house is suddenly full of all the smells of Christmas. But you're not allowed to eat them yet. Save all the treats somewhere safe where people can't start nibbling at them too soon. And do the same with decorating the house. Again, if you want to get a tree earlier, that's fine. I know often if you leave buying a real tree until quite late, you only get the very manky ones. So maybe buy it earlier, but you don't have to start decorating it the minute you get it home. Maybe you save that until, I don't know, the weekend before Christmas or Christmas Eve itself. You make it part of your getting ready for Christmas family tradition. Or maybe you put one decoration on every day during Advent. Or maybe each of you do if you're a family. So that it's building up. The anticipation is growing. And save the lights until the end. If you're given Christmas presents uh, early, make it a family rule that you just don't open them until Christmas Day. Think about the things you do uh, as part of your family traditions. Maybe you go and see a pantomime every year. Well, could you book that so that it's during the 12 days of Christmas rather than in the previous weeks of Advent? Plan to go and visit relatives or host a party. Yes, enjoy all the things that you enjoy, but why not save them until it's Christmas? Push back against Christmas during Advent and let your whole family learn the value of waiting. So then if you've waited and waited and waited, you get to really enjoy Christmas. All 12 days of it. And I think it's really interesting that traditionally it's 12 and not 24 or 25. 12 is, a good eno 12 is enough for a good long celebration, but not enough to get bored of it. But I think it's also worth thinking about how Christian celebration of Christmas is going to look different from secular celebration. And not just because we've made ourselves wait for it. Christian celebration of Christmas. It's not a time of 
unfettered hedonism where we just do exactly what we want as much as we want all the time it's not a time of selfish indulgence it's a time of celebrating our lord a couple of months ago i went to a conference on the theme of work rest and leisure and it was all great but the talk that really stuck with me was steve jeffrey's session on rest he was speaking about how we should celebrate the lord's day how rest on the seventh day is an active thing it's not just catching up on your sleep he had seven points uh, with different suggestions about what is appropriate to do to celebrate the lord's day and i'm just shamelessly going to nick those and apply them to celebrating the 12 days of christmas so the first is that we should be worshiping god So already that's completely different from a secular Christmas. Why not for 12 days this Christmas make worship of God a priority in your life, in your family life, in your church life? So go to church on Christmas Day and whatever Sundays there are during that time. But on other days think about how you can worship in your home with your family. Sing carols together, read God's word, Maybe read the nativity story. Maybe take one of those Advent devotionals that is all about the nativity story and do that. And if you double up, that's perfect timing. Pray together. Give thanks to God together. Maybe try and do this more than you normally would. If you have, I don't know, five minutes at the end of the day that you spend in family devotions, make it ten. Or maybe do it at the beginning of the day as well as the end of the day. Whatever works for you but worship God. Secondly, prioritise the fellowship. So yes, go to church, but also maybe think about how you can use this time to build up the church family. That time between Christmas and New Year, the 12 days of Christmas up until January the 2nd. Do you know what, January the 6th, that is a time when a lot of people are lonely or sad. It's a huge time of family breakdown. So think about Who could you visit in your church? Who could you invite round to your house? Who would really enjoy seeing your children playing with their Christmas presents? Are there people you know would love to go on a group walk together or get together and play board games or five-a-side football or whatever it is? But think about how you can use some of that time because you've got 12 days. How could you use some of that time to build up fellowship with people in your church family. And link to that, serve others. We know that service is appropriate for the Lord's Day. The Lord Jesus showed that to us himself. And it's going to therefore be appropriate as a way of celebrating Christmas. Serving others could be hospitality, like I've just talked about. It could be opening your house to people, inviting someone to share with you Christmas dinner, or at other times during the 12 days. But it could be other things too. It might be giving some time to volunteer, maybe at a homeless shelter. Might be giving money or gifts to people who need it at that time of year. Think about how you could be using that time to serve others. But fourth, indulge yourselves. Seriously, it's a celebration. So I'm not saying cook a full Christmas dinner every day for 12 days. But treat yourself. You don't have to bring everything out on the 25th. Why not save one or two special boxes of chocolates or a tub of really lovely ice cream or a particularly good bottle of wine 
or whatever your preferred kind of treat would be, to spread out over all 12 days. Maybe that means one night having your favourite takeaway or going out to a nice restaurant, but something every day. Indulge yourself doesn't, obviously, mean overindulge yourself. It's not about getting drunk. It's not about eating until you feel ill. It's about really enjoying the good things of God's creation. Something you could think about doing is maybe doing the 12 days of Christmas really properly and having presents every day. I mean, probably you don't want to go down the route of partridges and calling birds and lords are leaping. But think about what your true love would really appreciate. Do you know what? This could be where those awful 12 days of Christmas advent calendars come in. If you give someone one of those on the 25th, they get to open a box every day with a little present in it. Something I did last year, which was just brilliant. I got a really nice advent calendar. Mine was from Marks and Spencer's and it was full of truffles and it was absolutely delicious. But I didn't buy it until halfway through December when it was massively reduced, of course. And I saved it and I had two every day for the 12 days of Christmas. So it doesn't have to be a big thing, but something that made each day special. If you've got a family, why not just save a few of the things that you might normally give on the 25th and spread them out? So one day maybe everybody gets a new book or one day you get a game to play together or one day the thing that you open in the morning is an envelope with tickets to go to the pantomime in the evening. But something that's fun, something you'll all enjoy, something that means everybody is looking forward to every day of Christmas because it's not all over at the beginning. And that leads to the fifth point, which is that we should play. We should have fun. Do you know, in the new creation, uh, we're told that boys and girls will be playing in the streets. And we should be playing too, as we look forward to that celebration. So whatever it is that you find fun, do it. If your kids were given toys and games for Christmas, well, make sure that you take time to play with them. Do you know, I think there's nothing sadder than being given a board game and then being told no one wants to play it with you. It doesn't have to be games. It could be, oh, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Maybe you like flying kites or go-karting or bike riding or whatever it is that is fun for you. For me, because I am really quite sad, I like to treat myself to a Christmas jigsaw every year. Last year I panicked and I seemed to buy three by mistake. So I've got two that are unopened already to go this year. And it's something I rarely do at any other time of year. I don't really have space for it in my house. Occasionally I might um, do one on a holiday, but normally it's a Christmas thing for me. Probably you have more fun ideas than a jigsaw, but whatever they are, have fun. And sixthly, be creative. You know, again, you've got 12 days. Use some of that time to follow your passions. Maybe you love painting or baking or, I don't know, building rabbit hutches or making model aeroplanes or practicing the ukulele. Whatever it is, if there's a hobby that you love or one that you've always wanted to try, well, maybe give yourself some time during Christmas to have a go. Because seventh... And perhaps most importantly, no, not most importantly, worship God is most important. Seventh and quite importantly, stop working. Stop working. 
that's hard I know for 12 days and for many people it won't be possible to do that for the whole 12 days depending on the kind of industry that you work in you may even have to work uh, on December 25th itself but you know what that's okay you've still got 11 other days of Christmas if you possibly can try and take some time off work to be able to fully engage with the celebrations and if your day-to-day work is in the home we'll try and take some time off that as well whether that means getting takeaways or ready meals or whatever. Do you know, one of the very best Christmas presents I've ever been given was a packet of 20 paper plates from a friend who knows just how much I hate washing up. And it was glorious. You know, it was it was a real treat, a real celebration of Christmas. So there we go. There's my rant over. Reclaim Advent. Let's really reclaim Advent as Christians and then really go all out to celebrate Christmas when it finally comes. As we learn to wait for the celebrations now, we're learning to wait for Christ's return. Yes, rejoice that Christ came to be our saviour, but let's look expectantly for his return as our bridegroom and king. Next week on the podcast, Amanda and I will be Uh, taking you through our Christmas gift guide and the following week on the podcast I'll be talking about Christmas and okay it seems I failed we are going to be doing Christmas in Advent next year we'll try and do Advent in Advent on the podcast how about that I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you mark Advent uh, in your churches or in your families do share those with us if you've got good ideas Uh, for keeping Advent in Advent or ways of really making uh, your Christmas celebration special. You can uh, tweet us at Church Society, you can follow us and comment on our Facebook page or you can email me ros at churchsociety.org. Thanks so much for listening and do tune in again next week.